Well, hi there. Have you gotten enough of the uh, college football playoff takes yet? If so, sorry, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna give you some more here. Uh, it's the first day that the portal is officially open as well, and uh, that's going to be a hot topic for the next month or more. Oh, yeah. He is Zach Blackerby. I'm Brad Law. Thanks very much for tuning in to Village Vice. And Zach, you're on the road, aren't you? You are not in your normal place. No, I'm up in Nashville covering the uh, the winter meetings, MLB winter meetings for one of my website, bravestoday.com. So, but yeah, yeah, I'm paying attention more to the portal than I am actually what's happening here. So, <laughs> we have other guys for that. You you have. You know, the meat and potatoes, you have guys for that. Yeah, shout out to uh, to Lindsey Crosby, who's holding down the fort. All right, so everybody else has chimed in on the playoff. I was not surprised that it played out the way it did, but I did not think the committee got it right, and I think yeah. there are some objective reasons why, but I think we disagree on the things that I think are objective, which sort of fuels my whole point on this in that, there is no real objective criteria, and that lands us in the real sloppy place that we're in. But I, I, I thought the committee got it wrong. The committee put themselves in an unfortunate situation when they said, hey, Jordan Travis's injury is a big part of this. But when he got injured, they still like moved FSU up and kept them in that top four. So if you were yeah. never going to take them regardless, or if you're going to take a, a potential – one loss team ahead of them as soon as as soon as their quarterback went down. Why didn't you move them down in the rankings then? I think that's the biggest issue. I think if they would have done that, there would have been outbreak. There would have been a lot of people upset when that happened, but it wouldn't have been anywhere near what as bad as it because at least you can kind of point to some level of consistency like you're hinting at, yeah. Brad. The thing that's driven me the most crazy in all of this is – I think there are very clear arguments for Alabama and very clear arguments for FSU to be that fourth team in the CFP. The thing that's driving me most crazy about all this, Brad, are the people that have no, like the people that are pro FSU that can't see where the Alabama side is coming from. Yeah. That's what drives me crazy because it's like, okay, you, you're not interested in the conversation. You just want to be mad at something. Yeah. No, and I think that's a great point. And I want to add that to this discussion, right? You're going to, you're watching a show called Village Vice. And a lot of you are Alabama people or Georgia people or what have you. And you're going to go, well, you're biased and that's all it is. So if that's your only, like if, if you're going to stop at that outlook and if you're not capable of critical thinking or if you don't want to think critically about the discussion, not that it matters, right? You're not changing the rankings at this point. But yeah. like if you're not interested or capable of, of critically thinking, just man, like in your suggestions bar right now, there's a million other videos you can watch. That's fine. Like we get it. But we appreciate the ability to think critically and and not automatically say, well, you're just biased and you're not. I think we have to be able to think critically about this conversation because I think there are valid points on each side. I would just we're NFLing college football every way possible. Right. The NFLization of college football is all around us. Except in the model in which we choose our national champion or our playoff contenders. Sure. If the Patriots, Zach, finish their season one game ahead of the Dolphins, not this year, but in a normal year. Thanks, if, Brad. If they finish one game ahead, but they lose their starting quarterback. Again, not this year, because you'd like that actually this year. But in a normal year. After yesterday, I don't know if that's true. That's fair. Yeah. Um, 
but they lose their starting quarterback three games before the end of the regular season and win all three of those games. Sure. And a selection committee still says, now the Dolphins are a better team. They're going to go to the playoffs. It's brutal. That's absurd. It's not only brutal, it's absurd. It's laughable, Mm -hmm. but it's completely acceptable in college football. Yeah. And I I just, I want to state that I think the committee put the best four teams in if that's the criteria, but we don't know what the criteria is. Yeah. Is it the four most deserving teams? I I think there's several SEC teams that could have done what FSU did. I think if you put LSU in the ACC, I think they're undefeated. And but you can't not, prove not, that. Not losing Jaden Daniels. Not if they lost their starting quarterback. Maybe. Maybe that's true. We don't know, right? I mean, there's only so much you can say, and, and that's why we're playing this game. But, I mean, you can look at the Pac-12, right? Like, Oregon, sure. I think Oregon's better than FSU, especially now without their quarterback. But it doesn't matter. You can say the same thing about Ohio State. Like, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. And so, yeah. once again, it's the goalpost. It's the goalpost. And I think something that the committee was afraid of is the fact that and something that Nick Saban said after the after they won the SEC championship game over Georgia, where it's like, well, why did we schedule Texas then? Like, why did we even do that? Because they could have beaten you know some other team instead of that loss to Texas. And you and I've made this joke before, Brad. We've made the joke before about how much the committee loves a quality loss. Mm-hmm. They love that's when they do their weekly CFP ranking reveal shows, they talk about, man, this team's got a quality loss. They love quality losses. And and it's it's funny because I joke about that with a lot of my friends, and it's like, oh, wow, that actually came into play here uh, somehow. So um, I, it's the goalpost. Do you give it to the most deserving team, or do you give them to the better team? And, and I, don't, I, don't, I don't know because we've seen different things throughout the years. And the problem is both of those terms are subjective terms. They're inherently subjective terms. What's the best food at any given restaurant? What's the best movie you've ever seen? What's the best anything? What's the best brand of shoe? What's the best anything? It's completely subjective. So you you compile 13 people and their best, any random 13 people, their best of anything is likely going to be different than another random group of 13 people's best of anything. Mm-hmm. And most deserving sounds a little less subjective, but you're you're still basing it on material or criteria that's not concrete. Um, sure. The, the committee does like a quality loss depending on the team that loses the game. And I think that matters too. Apparently, sure. the committee valued a quality loss more than it valued quality wins. Um, Nick Saban's the biggest double talker in the history of college football. Okay, After the SEC championship game, he made his case for his team and said it's about the full body of work. It's about the full body of work. Florida State's full body of work included taking LSU apart. They completely disassembled LSU week one of the season. OK, mm-hmm. if you take the full body of work, you have to include that. You also have to include winning three games with a backup quarterback and the other 21 players that are on the field, as opposed to just the starting quarterback. Yeah. If you're valuing the full body of work, I don't think the Alabama head coach actually meant full body of work for everybody. 
Now, he was making his case for his team, which is what you would expect him to do. I'm yeah, not faulting right. any coach for making the case for his team. But to use the line, you got to consider the full body work. If you do that for every team and you have a power conference champion who goes yeah. undefeated, that that team should be in. That team should be in. Let me ask you this. If Ole Miss had the same resume as Alabama, if Ole Miss went undefeated in the SEC but had a quality loss at home sure. to the to another conference champion. Yeah, Ole Miss plays Washington for some reason and loses. Sure. Yeah. Are they in? No. Of no way. Of course not. No way. Of course not. So what you have, all right, so ESPN has been telling – I'm just going to get everybody in this one rant. Sweet. ESPN has been telling us for the last 10 years with the way they market the playoff that the regular season doesn't matter. Like that message has been clear because in August, who's in, who's in, who's in? The playoff is all that matters. Sure. Well, the committee kind of walked right in step with that messaging. They agreed that the playoff is all that matters because they delivered the message that the regular season really isn't all that important. Yeah. Now, Brad, going back to your Ole Miss, like would Ole Miss be in in that situation? Mm -hmm. I don't think they would be, but I do think that they should be. I think if you win the SEC – you should be in the college football playoff. I, I said that and got a lot of slack Saturday night. The take ended up being correct on Sunday. Uh, I didn't expect it to be when I put that out. That's why I said it. But I, I think if you win the SEC, you should have a play. You should have a chance to play for the national championship game. And that's not a pick and choose thing. It's a policy. It's a policy, and it's just something that I believe about college football. I agree with you if every conference champion gets an automatic bid, and which we're going to go to a model that goes and that, that way. And that's the biggest argument, and, and I totally I, I get that, but I don't think it matters. I what think if, if you win the SEC, you should be in the college football playoff. All right. Uh, what if you have four losses? I think you still do, honestly, but I think that's such a ridiculous thing where like that's not even a real conversation, but sure. Sure. If if somebody were, if the SEC was so filled with parity for that season and there were so many teams tied at the top where they all beat each other and the winner lost four times, that's yeah. such a ridiculous thing. But sure, I, I think so. I, I think a more realistic question is what if what if LSU has two losses like they did several years ago? What, what does that look like? And the answer to that would be yes, I, I think so. Maybe a better example would be the uh, the 2010 SEC championship was was 12 and 0 Auburn, nine and three South Carolina. If you had the play, if you had a four team playoff and a three loss Carolina team that wasn't anywhere near the top four in the country, they were top yeah. 20 but not top four. Had they won the game, that's a team that would have earned a spot in the playoff. You get to wave the flag of you, you know, you beat the top team in the country and the eventual Heisman winner, maybe, sure. Mm -hmm. But but once again, like South That's Carolina wasn't game, even though. that game. I get it. Right. I get it. No, it's but, a policy though. You're not gonna make me budge off of this. If you win the SEC, you, yeah. you, you deserve a spot in the college football playoff. Yes. I understand. And I do like and I understand that we're going to 12 teams and that there are some automatic qualifying protocols and which isn't that great. I mean, the fact right. that like this stinks for FSU, I hurt yeah. for them. Like I totally get it. But like it is nice that we're all having this debate and it ultimately is gonna get fixed next year. Like that is that is good. Yeah, and, and your subjective pieces will be who got left out at 13 versus 12. And 
if you think it's going to lessen, by the way, the outrage for a team that doesn't get in at 12, as opposed to who doesn't get in at four, it's not. It's going to heighten it because now instead of one or two teams that are going to make their case, you're going to have five, six, or seven teams that are going to say, we should have been 10, 11, 12. So you're going to have eight or nine teams that are making the case for the last three spots as opposed to two teams. Well, I also think we're cherry picking information here to some extent because I've until this year, Brad, and once again, like the FSU case is very, very strong. I'm not pushing against it at all. But this is the first year where I feel like the four teams are actually worthy of the playoff. I mean, usually it's one or two and it's like, okay, well, this team, you know, they look good the last six weeks or whatever, you know, they won their conference, mm-hmm. whatever. They're like, okay, so they, they, they backfill three and four, yeah. or sometimes there's three teams like last year and the fourth team is like, okay, sure. You you can come, you can come play for, for a championship. Yeah. This is the first time where I think we've actually had five teams that were worthy of it. I agree. And, and I don't, and I don't know if that's going to happen. How often is that going to happen? Is this be, is this a product of NIL? Yeah. Is this a product of more guys playing, uh, staying in school longer, and the level of quarterback play being, you know, raised all throughout college football? I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, so, like, th- there's a chance that this is totally an exception, and there's still consistently going to be two or three teams that are just better than everybody else. I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. And again, if you if you have subjective criteria. Yeah. Then you give yourself the wiggle room to ask, well, are we looking for the three best games total? Are we looking at the four most competitive or the 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 four most competitive teams, the three most competitive games? Yeah. What are we trying to achieve with this? I just I thought it made a lot of sense uh Sunday morning to wake up and say, All right, you have three undefeated conference champions. You right. have two other one-loss conference champions. They happen to play. The winner of that gets your fourth spot. Like, if you ask the question, if you leave Florida State out and you say, what else could they have done? Literally nothing. They couldn't have done anything else except maybe lie about the quarterback's injury status. They could have done that. If you left Alabama out and asked the question, well, what more could they have done? You had an answer. Well, they could have beaten Texas at home. Mm-hmm. Like you have an answer for that. Totally. There is no answer for what else could could Florida State. You know, again, I just thought it came down to you got three undefeated conference champs. You have two other conference champs who played each other. You take the winner head to head. This is easy. Everybody goes home, and you know that's it's just the way it is. And that's not to obviously. I love the SEC. Mm-hmm. This is not an Alabama Georgia anti bias type thing. Sure. This is, this is, believe that or not, uh, but it is this. I just thought that was the most objective way for a non-partial national committee to look at this, and uh, thought they didn't. So, yeah, and, no, it's 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 different. It's 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 a different take for sure because it's a different situation. We've just never really, yeah, we've never really seen this before. And I think Saturday was the worst case scenario for the committee. I don't think there's any question about. It. I'm sure they were all like, "Oh my gosh, did they?" But Alabama actually did this. How are we going to pull this off? Yeah. And, and they didn't pull it off, right? They they didn't pull it off. Um, because because I, I I agree with everybody that says Alabama should not be in. I totally get it. But I just with the circle back, like I, I believe if you win the SEC, you should be yeah. in the college football playoff, and and that'll be the case for forever moving forward with these yeah. automatic qualifiers, right? Right. So 
Well, that, and that's it. And that's I, I kind of here's the truth that nobody can do anything about because this is the nature of this business. And we're all involved in the talking business. Yeah. People will talk about this for about another month. And then they'll play the games. And as it always is, once the games start, conversation's gone. It's over. It's flushed down the garbage disposal forever outside mm. of Tallahassee. They'll talk about it just like we still talk about 2004. As they should. They, and look, if, right. if I'm if I'm FSU, I, I, I talk, I have the conversation about leaving the ACC. I think their conference failed them, Brad. And I know we're going to put all the blame on the college football playoff committee. And that's fine. You can do whatever you can. But the bottom line is the ACC from top to bottom was not good enough. Yeah. The, like this shouldn't have been a conversation. But the fact that it was because the ACC is so bad. It's so bad. And, and, and Clemson carried them for a long time. Clemson carried them for a long time. And now yeah. that the Dabo refuses to, to adapt to the modern day college football with NIL and the portal, I mean, they're just not going to do that anymore. And so is that something that FSU wants to do? That yeah. that's that's gonna be that's gonna be something because they're gonna get the worst seed. Right. I mean, it, moving forward, yeah. when the five automatic qualifiers roll in, um, yeah. they're, they're going to get the worst seed and they're going to get bad matchups and it's not going to help them. So we'll see. We'll see. Hey, today's show brought to you by our friends at mybookie.ag. If you found a hundred bucks on the ground, Brad, you'd be like, this is great. This yeah. is great. Well, my bookie, they're going to take care of you. Go to mybookie.ag, use promo code next round and it feels a little different than finding a hundred dollars or extra money, free money on the on the floor, but you'll find it in your account when you use promo code next round. It'll just pop up, you'll see it, and you'll be like, Wow, wow, I've already made money at mybookie.ag. So bowl season is 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 right upon us, Brad, which is very, very exciting, uh, as well as a million other things happening this time of year in sports. So head over to mybookie.ag and get in on the action. You want to go ahead and give some love to our other friends, our other sponsor of the show, since we you want to go ahead and talk about, about Manscaped. Yeah, we talked too long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know that. I got to tell you, that was about the fastest eighteen minutes I can remember in the history of uh, of this show. But I do yeah. want to talk about uh, about Manscaped because right now, when you go to manscaped.com, and you know the promo code if you've watched us at all, Vice V I C E. You're going to get 20% off and free shipping. And guys, if you haven't thought about the ultimate bundle this uh, this Christmas season, then you need the Lawnmower 5.0 Performance Package. The Performance Package 5.0 Ultra is, of course, the ultimate bundle for the man who deserves it all, and that's you. Or for the ladies watching, it's your man. He deserves it all. So it's get true. the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, the Weed Whacker 2.0 Ear and Nose Trimmer, Manscaped's Liquid Formulations, plus two free gifts. Uh, so those two free gifts, by the way, include the Boxers 2.0. They're seriously, they're the best boxers that I've ever worn, and you will say the same. Get the performance package at manscaped.com. Use the promo code VICE. Get 20% off, plus free shipping just for watching Village Vice. Yes, absolutely love our friends at Manscaped. Let's talk about the portal just for a few seconds here. Uh, I'm a little surprised that Steven Sings, the Auburn Jack linebacker, I'm surprised he entered the portal. In fact, on the show, on my Locked on Auburn show that I put up on Monday, I talked about how like I didn't think he would transfer because yeah. Auburn needed him so much because there's just not a whole lot of bodies that can play Jack linebacker on this roster. But 
Uh, clearly, he thought, um, unless Auburn asked him to leave, but I don't think that makes sense unless they've got a bunch of guys just lined up ready to come play Jack uh, at Auburn, which might be the case. We'll see over the next few weeks if that happens or not. But I'm surprised. I thought he would be a solid backup piece, a solid depth piece on this defense. But maybe, uh, maybe that's not what he wants. I think it said a lot that he followed his coaching staff because his position coach and his head coach both came over from Liberty sure. and he came with them. Right. And so the fact that he followed them to Auburn, I don't know this, but the fact that he is entering the portal, I don't think that's like you think about relationships between coaches and players. And it makes sense to me that they would have had an honest conversation perhaps with him yeah. saying, we plan to bring in some guys that may make it difficult for you to see the field more than you did last year. So for you to play like that, because these are two-way conversations and they're sometimes encouraged decisions. So keep that in mind as you see these portal announcements. Not all of them are, but some of them are. Um, that's one that makes sense to me if you told me it went that way. Yeah, I just thought with Elijah McAllister, running out of eligibility mm -hmm. and you do everything you can to bring back McLeod, which I do think the fact that they let him leave makes me feel a little bit better about McLeod. Um, I mean, you, you need, you need two or three of these guys. Yeah. And so can, can Auburn go out and find two more guys that are better than Steven sings or do they feel good about Joseph Phillips and Jamonta Waller as true freshman? Yeah. I, I think all of these are conversations that we'll get to have over the next few months. Well, you look at net gain, net loss, in the room and last year bringing in McAllister and McLeod and sings, right? So if McLeod is back, do you add two more guys either via your true freshman class or the portal that net you a positive in the long run? I do. I think they probably have eyes on a couple of transfer uh, edge you know, Jack linebackers that uh, just like they did last year where they brought in three, I think you might see two or three again this year. That's kind of my expectation. Yeah, and if my memory serves correctly, they lost more last year than they gained because Derek Hall, mm -hmm. Eculiota, both went to the league. And then Marcus Bragg ran mm -hmm. out of eligibility. And then who was the guy that went to Kansas? Brooks? Yes. Small guy he had a hard time putting weight on. Yeah, Dylan Brooks. That's right. Yeah, he, um, you know, so uh, I don't know. They totally changed that room, and it's going to look pretty different again with the exception of McAllister. So we'll see. I think they need to get two more guys at that position or maybe kind of get a tweener, a guy that can maybe be a backup jack or a pass rush stand-up end or something like that. So those guys will be out there. But I don't know. Auburn had a hard time landing a few of those guys a year ago. They called yeah. several of them, and you know they eventually got lucky with McLeod. But we'll see. We'll see how active they are. But that that surprised me just because of the scarcity yeah. of bodies that have played college football in that room. So we'll see. If other than that, it's been a bunch of receivers, Brad, yeah. that, yeah, that have been at right. the portal. Yeah, Jair Shorter, Malcolm Johnson Jr., uh, Omari Kelly did it a little before the the official window opened, but. And I don't think that's a surprise either. That's a lot of bodies in that room, even with the guys yep. who are out of eligibility. And we talked about it on another show, just so many bodies and so much talent coming in. Um, and not a surprise where a receiver thinks I could go somewhere else and maybe get more opportunities there. So I, it wouldn't surprise me to see others 
add to the list, uh, but it's it's not shocking at all to see the names that have already. Some big name quarterbacks mm-hmm. have entered the portal. In fact, the more time that goes by, the more I'm like, do we even want a quarterback? I don't know. And it's it's early. We've got a long way to go. But I do think that's the conversation we need to have in a week if there if there's not a whole lot of smoke around one specific guy. But any big name quarterbacks that are kind of intriguing to you, Brad? Oh, um, ah, it's interesting that the Vandergrift kid from Georgia is is going to transfer. Sure. Um, there was one yesterday, and I just the name totally escapes me, so that doesn't really add very much to the discussion. Hey, that's um, okay. Um, but that's intriguing. Again, I, I think Auburn feels pretty good about where it is in the starting quarterback position. The question is going to be, do you want to bring in somebody for competition's sake? I don't think you bring in somebody and you go, you're guaranteed to start if you come in. I don't think there's a guy out there in the portal that fits that bill. I think yeah. it's all a matter of depth in the room and quality, team-elevating competition. Yeah, Dylan Gabriel entering the portal yes. from Oklahoma. That, that's that's an interesting one. That's but as him. soon as that's, yeah, yeah, as soon as he entered the portal, everybody's like, "Well, he's going to Oregon." So I don't even know if that's a real conversation. Seems like, um, seems like that's a dead set thing. But we'll see. Um, Kyle McCord from Ohio State entering the portal. That's an interesting one. I'm not totally sold that he's better than than what we've got and what we've got coming in, but we'll see. And then a guy that I've seen some Auburn smoke around his name, and that is Dante Moore, UCLA's quarterback, mm-hmm. which his skill set, I'm looking forward to a few years from now when we have a better idea what Hugh Freeze wants at a quarterback because it seems like all these guys that he's talked to, they're all different. They're all different type quarterbacks. Dante Moore, mm-hmm. very different style than what Peyton Thorne is. But then again, like Peyton Thorne was a lot more mobile than we realized. Uh, throughout the year last year, but there, I saw on a few message boards from folks that I really respect their opinion, and they wouldn't say stuff unless they were told to. Um, but it sounds like it sounds like Auburn and Dante Moore have had mutually interested conversations. So that's a name that I'm looking at too. Yeah, his stats are not all that. I mean, they're they're not going to blow you away. What he did his freshman season six three two ten um, in there when he threw it the most. That's when the numbers are less impressive. Yeah. Um, three interceptions against Oregon State. But again, as with all of these guys, as with the guys who are currently on the team, quarterback, and it goes back to the beginning of the show, why I have such a problem with the the Jordan Travis injury being the reason that they're that they're out. Sure. The quarterback alone can't shoulder all of the glory or all of the burden. Just can't. So you have to take quarterback stats. Um in perspective with, with the context that's there. And I think we're going to see that a lot. If Peyton Thorne is the guy next year, I think with a different receiving room, I think he will look way better. And a lot of people will eat a lot of what they're saying about Peyton Thorne right now. They'll be eating those words. So Brad, uh, I think that about does it for today's show. My friend, it does appreciate everybody watching. Certainly remember everyone has vices. Make sure village vice is one of yours. (laughs) 